I want to preach this morning from a very uh, well-known scripture. It's called Psalms 23. It's a straightforward psalm. There's six verses to it. And as I was looking at it this week, I, I thought, uh, you know, how, how good it is to be able to know that we have a good shepherd. His name is Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, I know that Jesus loves me. Because the Bible tells me so. But I feel His love. I feel His love. Let us bow our hearts and pray this morning. Lord, we come into Your presence this morning saying to You that You are a good God. We have never deserved any of Your goodness, yet You give and give, and Your storehouse of blessings and goodness is given to us. May we realize this day that we are not alone, but You walk with us. You carry the heavy hand of the burdens of life. And we say thank you, Lord, for who you are and who you are to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Brian and Brother Don, for the beautiful slides this morning. The Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd. We are his responsibility, and I can assure you that uh, he takes his responsibilities very serious. And with you being uh, one of his responsibility. How many of you know that the Good Shepherd does a good job in taking that responsibility? Even though we don't deserve the, the goodness of God and, and the loving kindness of the Shepherd, He still gives to us abundantly more and more and more. You see, if a child needs a little bit more love than maybe another child at a certain point in their life, you give that love to that child. And I will tell you that the Good Shepherd will take and He will minister to us as we find need wherever we might be. If we need more goodness, He gives us goodness. If we need more love, He gives us love. If we need more direction, He gives us direction. If we need more wisdom, He will give us wisdom. Could I get an amen on that this morning? Our God is a good God. He's a good shepherd. You know, we live in the universe of, of the creation of God. It's an amazing universe. But it's not only just a universe out there, but it is a God-conscious, God-presence in the universe that He created. In other words, I feel God in the house of the Lord this morning. I felt God when I drove into the parking lot this morning. I felt God when I talked to the first person that came into the church. I felt the Lord whenever we sang the beautiful songs of worship. What I'm trying to say is God is not out there in the universe somewhere. He is right here with us. The Lord is. Say that with me. The Lord is. That means it's present tense. That means He's right here with us today. I'm glad that when we come into His house or when we go into the woods or when we go into the bedroom or wherever we go, that the presence of the Lord is a present presence to where we're at. And I'm grateful for that. He is right now. He is not far removed. He is not a remote being. He is not a disinterested deity. On the contrary, He is for you. Come on. He's always for you. Even when you're not for Him. He is faithful even when we're not faithful to Him. You see, our God is a God at hand this morning. and I appreciate Brother Nathan bringing us into the presence of the Lord and, and praying over the needs that have been given to us. And it's working. We appreciate it. We want you to write your prayer request out and put them on the altar, put them on the platform so that we can agree with you and agree as a church that God is going to minister to the needs of His people. And God is a God of faith. If we didn't believe that God was going to meet and minister to people, why would we even show up? 
Why would we even take and have prayer requests? But, oh, we know for a fact that our God is a present help in time of need, and He is with us in spirit and in truth this day. That's very simple. Six verses, the Lord is my shepherd. Say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. I shall not want. How many of you know that our flesh, appetites, and thirst, we thirst for things that moves, moves us often to want more and more and more? Am I the only one that looks at something and I go, boy, that would be nice to have. And then when you get it, you go, oh, I like something else. I don't know, Deacon, tell me one time, he said, you better be careful what you pray for. You might just get it. And I said, what do you mean? He said, all my life I wanted to own a, a, a salvage yard. He said, oh, I got a salvage yard. I want to get rid of it. Come on, think about that for a moment. What do we really need? What do we need? Not what we want, but what do we really need? I'm going to share with that in just a moment. Our fleshly appetites will desire more and more and more things. I want, I must have, I cannot do without it. But our shepherd leads us and says, I will provide for you that you shall not want. You see, there's a lot of things in our life that is not really that important. Whether you drive a car that's paid for or whether you drive a car that you owe $60,000 on, you're still driving a car. Whether you sit down and you eat a steak of, of uh, a T-bone steak or a hamburger patty, it's the same thing. It's just a dead piece of cow. <laughs> the difference is there's a lot of money involved in the difference of those. But what I'm saying to you is God knows what you have need of. He knows that you need a good place to lay your head at night. He knows that you need to have a good clean blanket to, to pull up over you whenever the wind is blowing outside. He knows you need good fellowship. He knows you need, you need good things, good friends. He knows what you have need of, not what you always want. And I've learned that you can only drive one car at one time. You can only sleep in one bed at one time. You can only eat one meal at one time. Amen. And so why do we get all flustered about wanting this and wanting that and get our eyes on this and get our eyes on that over there when God says, just stay with me. I'll provide for you what you have need of. I'm learning to be patient. I'm learning that even if you do get something that you really want, you may not really have wanted it after you get it. So the best thing to do is just walk softly, walk slowly, and say, do I really need this? Uh, somebody is wrestling right now about spending some money. Ask the Lord about it. You see, not only does the Lord know our needs, but He knows the makeup of our bodies. He knows the makeup of our minds. It's very ingenious in what the Lord has done in providing rest and nourishment for us. I would never have thought of this in a million, million years if it was up to me to figure out how that God would replenish the human body. But God says, I'm going to give you rest and nourishment. You know, that's two of the things that we cannot live without. I can stay up until 9 o'clock or 9.30 or after the news, and, and then pretty soon I'm in my big easy chair, and I start, you know, dozing off. And, and sometimes Sister Susan will come in, and, and she'll turn the light off before she goes to bed, and, and it's always good. But there comes a time whenever you just got to get in bed. You can stay up all night long and, and study for a test, but there comes a time when you just got to crawl in bed. You can stay up and, and think about what you have going on next week or writing out a paper or taking a contract or whatever. But eventually, you're going to be forced to go and lay down and take rest. Unless you're on 
methamphetamines. And you'll just go, and you'll go, and you'll go. But I will guarantee you, even with that in mind, there comes a time whenever your body shuts down and you have to go to sleep. You see, God is marvelous in the way that He has created us. There are some that are proactive in business and proactive in, in their lives, and they just like to energize their bunny. They just go and go and go. Anybody know anybody like that? I can start naming them. Randy, Ann, Karen, Ed, Sean, I think you're one of them. Okay, all right, well, we'll see. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. It just seems like it's perpetual go from the moment you get up. I remember old Sister Woodbury. She said, I am a member of the Go-Go Club in good standing. He said, What's, what, what do you mean? She said, I go here. I go there. I, I'm always on the go. Always going about doing something. Man is always in some labor, some work, some project. We all have been there down that dead end road sometimes that we never seem to get those projects done. We start other projects. I start other projects. Our shepherd provides us with rest and nourishment. Let's look at verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You see, I love this because God knows we need our rest along the journey. and He knows that we need the natural rest, but He also knows that we need spiritual rest. You are becoming more restful today because you came to church. You're going to leave. You know, I've heard it said over and over and over again that when people come to church, like on a Wednesday night, they said, I came tired as could be. I have a hard day. But you know what? I'm leaving refreshed and renewed. I'm leaving the house of the Lord with a brand new strength in my being. Our shepherd leads us to life. He leads us to green pastures. He doesn't take us to burnt out pastures and, and dead pastures. He leads us to luscious pastures. I, I, you know, I was going down the road one day in the, in the country, and I saw something that has stuck with me all of my ministry. It was two old cows, and uh, you know they were, well, let me just back up and tell you about the milk cows. One milk cow was looking at the milk cow whenever the milk truck went by and said chocolate milk, homogenized milk, uh, cottage cheese, uh, all kinds of different you know things. And the one cow looked at her and said, makes you feel a little inadequate, doesn't it? <laughs> You'll get it. It's amazing. I saw these two cows and they had their heads stuck through the barbed wire fence. And they were eating out of the ditch when they had 40 luscious, luscious acres of green pasture that they could be. Why is that? Because the natural tendency is we want to have something that we can't have. And we want to have something that, that uh, you know, we think we have to have. And so we just simply stick a head through the wire and eat the trash out of the ditch. God's provided you with nourishment. He gives you life, green pastures, amen, and flowing waters that are still still waters, amen. I see the picture of the sheep walking up to the water, and they can see the reflection in the water. They see, the, but not only do they see the reflection of the sheep in the water, they see the reflection of the shepherd. Have you ever knelt at the flowing presence of God and felt His Spirit and His presence? He's right there with you. He's guarding over you whenever you're kneeling and, and partaking. You know, I was doing a little research on sheep, and I found that there's four factors that have to be met before they will lay down and relax uh, in, uh, in, in rest. Uh, the first one is they have to be free from fear. 
You know, fear is something that will absolutely invade your life and take the energy red, suck it right out of your life. Fear is something that somebody said is false evidence that appears real. Sometimes fear is actually real. But at the same time, we are not to fear because we have a good shepherd that is walking with you, walking with me. And there's no enemy that can come and, and, and do harm to us whenever the good shepherd is on the job. And praise God, he doesn't have to sleep. He doesn't take a day off. It says, I will be with you always. That's present tense. Always. Not always or in the past, but I will be with you always. And every moment of your life, the good shepherd is that. Second is, you have to, they have, the sheep had to be free from friction within the group. If, there's a, if, there's, if they're fighting, uh, if they're biting each other, if they're kicking at each other, whatever they may be doing, they will not lay down and rest as long as there's friction within the group. How many know that that can apply to us human sheep? How can you get the victory if you are so mad at somebody that, you know, I, I heard a guy one time say, I was so mad at my neighbor, I told him if he didn't straighten up, I was going to paint his side of the pants pink. That's a way to, you know, influence friends and Free from friction within the group. Amen. And then number three, and I like this one here because I, I tell you what, I know every one of you can identify with this. Free from flies. Have you ever laid down and you're just getting all comfortable and all of a sudden you hear him? Get out of here. You just about go back to sleep again. I've got a remedy for that. Get you on them bug zappers. Plug it in. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Come on, preach with me. Hey, man, it's not that bad. Hey, man, I don't know how many of you have ever had a bug zapper, but I used to have one and, until the neighbor said, that is inhumane. And I said, okay, so I unplugged it. I'd sit out there at nighttime, and I'd, I'd watch him, you know, and all of a sudden I'd hear one go, zoop, ow. Those sheep, they will not settle down if there is some kind of pest that is pestering them. They will not, uh, they will not settle down. And then the third one is, uh, fourth one is they have to be free from famine. They won't if they're hungry. They won't do it. So the Lord, the good shepherd, leads us into green pastures. And he says, here it is, 40 luscious acres. Take all of the time you want. Eat all of the pasture that you want. It's alive. It's good for you. Amen. Open my word and glean from it and, and eat out of it. Amen. And, and worship me, not only just in church, uh, but worship me on, my, on your way to work. Worship me when you get to work. Worship me. Amen. Just uh, play a song uh, or do whatever it is. You're going to have songs this week that's going to go over in your heart and life because of what was sung here today. And that's wonderful. That's great. So he connects us to his grace and his care. And he provides life. And water. He strengthens us with his goodness. And when we lie down, it is our trusting in the shepherd to provide for us all that we have need of. Our shepherd doesn't want us to lie down all the time. Sometimes he says it's time to get up and start moving. The next one is He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our walk is a reflection of. Of his walk. Our worship is a reflection of who he is. Your life is all about being the reflection of Christ in you that will reflect uh, into a dark world. 
We're kind of like the moon in the reflection of the sun. We are His reflection. And the greater presence that we have of the Lord inside of us, the greater we will shine. We are what they call Christ ambassador. You're an ambassador of the Lord. I found this intriguing when President Nixon and Henry Kissinger uh, were making progress in China. And it was President Nixon, even though he wasn't a very really, you know, his, um, well, he wasn't really that thought of at the end. But he did make some good things happen. He, he opened up the door to China. And at that point in time, he, they flew to China, and Henry Kissinger was the, the, the uh, person that was going to be doing the negotiations. And when they landed in China, and they were coming up to the end of the runway where they would pull off, and the dignitaries were all out there to wait on President Nixon and Henry Kissinger, the pilot was a, a colonel in the Air Force, and he told Henry Kissinger, he said, as soon as we get up here and we get this thing pretty well stopped, he said, I'm going to slip out of my seat and you slip in it. He said, open the window and wave at them. And the colonel said, it might give you an edge if they think you're so smart that you could fly your own airplane into China. I think that was a little bit deceiving, don't you? Not nearly as deceiving as China. Never mind. My old professor said, you got to watch it. They're as subtle as a train wreck. It was done for the sake of the United States government. But I will tell you this. Our shepherd doesn't say switch places. He says, come on and go with me. Amen. He's in charge of the flight. He's in charge of the journey. He's in charge of everything. And all we have to do is just go along for the ride. Follow him. As a lad growing up in the back of my mind, I knew everything I did or did not do was a reflection upon my family. It wasn't that long ago and when pastors would resign over something that their children did. It wasn't that long ago that pastors were, were on edge if, if a, a daughter or a granddaughter was getting ready to have a baby out of wedlock. It was not that long ago until it was like very legalistic and, and, and pastors were, they didn't want to bring any shame upon the Lord or upon the church. And I, and I agree with that. I understand that. And, and many pastors have resigned because of that. But I will tell you this. Sometimes it just simply is this. Just get in that, that mode of saying, Lord, you've called me. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working. Amen. And eventually my children will come to know the Lord. You see, the good shepherd, what I'm saying is the good shepherd doesn't give up on us. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, say, you know what, that there's, I just, that's a useless cause. That one there, you know, is just, it's, it's a useless cause. No. He comes alongside. He gently leads us. And he says, listen, I've got green pastures for you. I've got the most beautiful wife I have prepared for you. I have the most beautiful children. You know, now I'm looking at it from a grandfather's point of view. You know, I mean, not all kids are angels. But mine are. <laughs> oh, praise God. You see, if only, if only we could see into the future. If only we could just get a glimpse of what God has in store for us. If only we could just, just get a little taste of, of the good things of God, the goodness of God. Amen. It would change our perspective. It would make us move to the Lord quicker than we've ever moved before. Why? It's like, Lord, why did I wait so long to accept you as my Lord and Savior? Because He just bestows goodness and graciousness upon us. The proverb tells us, 
that a good name is better than precious gold. The path of righteousness is narrow. It's not broad. It's obedience and not rebellion. It is service and not self-gratification. It is discipleship and discipline, not impulses. It is cross-bearing, not indulgence. But it is worth it, amen, when you take up the cross and you follow Christ. Verse number 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, when the valley of death draws near, God gives us the picture of being only a shadow. You know how many growing up were afraid of shadows? Am I the only one? My mom and dad put a great old big stand-up freezer in my bedroom when I was growing up. He'd kick on in the middle of the night and make all kinds of noises. I didn't like that freezer at all. I like what came out of it, but I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it in my bedroom. I, I, I detested that thing. And there was a little bitty light on at the bottom of it. And that was the only thing that gave me some, uh, some consolation was there was a little light that shined all night long in my room. Now you can look at me and say, you know, Pastor, I can't believe you as a big old scaredy cat. Well, believe it, because I was. It took me a long time to get over it. Anybody here have a scaredy cat in your family? Uh, oh, all of you are so strong and... But he says, look, he says, this is a shadow. It's not the real deal. It's, it's only a shadow of what it might be the real thing. And he says, I'm not going to take you into the valley of death. I'm going to bring you through that valley of trust. Shepherd says, we will walk through the valley together, not into this valley. He leads us when danger approaches. He draws us close to him. He moves us from leading us to drawing us to, to protecting us. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Our shepherd protects us. As I was looking at uh, the shepherd and, and his tools, the rod and the... And the, uh, the rod was an instrument of protection and it was offensive. What a shepherd would do, he would find a root ball of a stick. And he would dig around it and, and I mean, he was out there in, in, in the pasture for, you know, months at a time. And he would find a, a stick and he would dig down and he would take out the root ball. And then he would clean the stick and he would whittle it and he would make it to fit his hand. And what he had was he had a, a, a rod. He had, a, he had this, this stick with a big, round, strong ball on the end of it. And that's what he used to protect the sheep. That's what he would use to ward off the wolves and that's what he would use to, to, uh, to make sure that nothing harmed his sheep. He whittled it and he shaped it and he took this root ball and there he used it to defend the sheep. Mostly, and I, I didn't know this until I researched this, but mostly the protection was from the snakes. I did a little research on snakes and I found five of the deadliest snakes in the world. The fifth deadliest is the black mamba. The fourth is the Caspian cobra. The third is the eastern brown snake. The fourth is the forest cobra. And the first and most deadliest of all snakes is the inland tarpian out of Australia. The black mamba, if it strikes, it can kill 25 men with one bite. But this inland tarpian can kill over 200 men with one injection of its venom. And I sat there and I scratched my head and I thought and I pondered. And I thought, Lord, that is an incredible, dangerous snake. And it was so real. It wasn't even so real. It was so real that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and said that there's one snake that is more dangerous than all of them put together. That old snake called Satan. 
And the good shepherd, amen, not just in the field, amen, with the sheep, but the good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. I never have really liked being correlated to sheep. But that's who we are. Sheep are dumb. They're needy. They're followers. Well, that pretty well sounds like us, doesn't it? Now speak for yourself, Pastor. Amen. The good shepherd loves you so much that he gave his life for you on Calvary. And the good shepherd, the sheep, know his voice. He leads them in to protection of a night. He counts them and leads them in. The second is the shepherd's staff. The staff was used to guide him. It was a, it was a staff that went up and had a hook in it. Uh, and the hook was used on many different occasions. Uh, it was used for correction. It would be used to pull out and take one and, and get it around his neck or around his body and pull it away and put it back in the right direction. It was used to hook on and used to tender the elves. It was used to look at the wool, to pull the wool back uh, to see if there was some kind of defect or infection. The staff was used tenderly by the shepherd. Oh, he had, he had that... He had that rod in his one hand and he had that staff in his other hand to protect us if needed to guide us if needed it was used to comfort the sheep they say that if the shepherd would just take that that staff and lay it on the side of a, of a sheep the sheep would calm down the shepherd used the staff to recline upon he would, he would use it when he got weary and got tired. He would take it. He would recline on, on that hook uh, style of that, uh, of that uh, staff. And, and he would use it when he was going up and down sharp uh, and high uh, terrain where he wouldn't lose his footing. He used it to protect himself as well. So many different uses that the shepherd used. I sure trust somebody's getting something good out of this. What a psalm of encouragement. We are given a wonderful affirmation right off the top. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, He knows us by name. You have a shepherd, I have a shepherd. We all have the same shepherd. His name is Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I appreciate that so much. We have a wonderful assertion, not only affirmation, but assertion. I shall not want. I have everything that I have need of. The book of Philippians and Brother Paul said... He will supply all our needs according to His riches in glory. When I grow tired and weary, He restores me. In the fields and in the valleys, long days and lonely times, He is with us. When we come to that dark Jordan Valley, He is right there with us to lead us through that point. He's the only one that's come through the valley of the shadow of death and made it through. When we come to that, we usually wind up going on to be with Him and body going back to the ground. But He's saying, I'm going to bring you through that endeavor. Turn to somebody and say, He is my strength, He's my provision, and He is my friend. And I will tell you, it's a joy to follow the Good Shepherd. I'm so glad I can report to you that the, He's a good shepherd, not a bad shepherd. A bad shepherd would beat the sheep. Bad shepherd would, would bring correction and with a strong arm. But our shepherd is tender, loving, and caring. And he knows every sheep has different personalities. I learned that as a father a long time ago, that you have to correct in different ways. 
my dad and, and my mom, when they corrected us boys, amen, the harder they corrected my brother David, the meaner he got. They had to change their way of doing things. They found out they took the keys away from his car. That straightened him up a lot. Today, take the phone away from your teenage kid and see how they straighten up. First couple days may be hard to deal with because they'll be so mad at you. I hate you. I don't talk to you anymore. I don't like you. Well, let me put it this way. I love you. I love you. I want the best for you. And my, oh, oh, by the way, do you know I'm paying for that phone? I really am middling now, am I not? I really shouldn't. I shouldn't go here, but, I, but anyway, I've already opened that can of worms. He's our strength, He's our provision, and He's our friend. And I will tell you, and I know you can affirm this, it is a joy to be led by the Good Shepherd. Pastors are under shepherds, and I appreciate Sister Blacker and I's picture down here, even though it, when I first saw it, I, I didn't know if I really wanted that or not, but we're what you call the under shepherd. But He's the Good Shepherd. Everything is all about Him. Verse number 5. He prepares the table for me in the presence of mine enemies. He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. That is a powerful statement to be made. King David knew what it was over the years of his life to sit at banquet tables. To be the guest of honor. Even the Philistines, it is reported, that they made a feast for David in the wilderness. And David, as he is pinning this, he's looking back over his life. And I think he's looking not only back over his life, but also whenever he was a shepherd and now he's the king. And he said, Lord, thank you that you prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. How many of you know that you cannot go through life without making somebody a little upset at you? I got two hands raised. Well, the rest of you is coming now. You, you cannot go through life, but what? Something, somebody's going to irritate you. Somebody's going to be like that proverbial fly. But he says, I prepare a table in the presence of mine enemies. When I got saved, when I first got saved, I had friends that I thought was friends that said, we don't want anything to do with you. I had friends that came by just to see if I really did get saved. I had friends that turned their back on me. I thought they were friends, but they weren't friends. But oh, how the Lord has taken their, their so-called friendship and given me brand new friends. Brand new friendships. We come to the close, verse number 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, the shepherd's love is a love that pursues. And it talks about he goes after the one out of the 99. In other words, if there's 99 sheep and there's one that wanders off, that one that goes astray, he will leave the 99 and go after that one. How many of you can say, Pastor, I was that one out of the 99? Each and every one of us can say we were that one out of the nine. That is the love of the shepherd that it pursues us. And he's pursuing today. Shall follow me. I was reading on this subject and I came across a very interesting take on verse number six. It's from a Scottish pastor. 
He said that every good modern day shepherd cannot do their work without a sheepdog. You've heard the phrase, he feels so bad, he feels as bad as a sheep killing dog. You ever heard that phrase? Well, when you get to be my age, you'll have heard it. Because you see, sheepdogs, they are, they're, they're collies and they, they are, are, are groomed and they're bred to just simply take care of the sheep. I didn't, I didn't know this, but there's another breed of dogs that is breed just to protect the sheep. Because in, in Wyoming and Montana and other places where there's thousands upon thousands of sheep that want, just go out on the range, they will take these guard dogs and they'll put them among the sheep and, the, and they will guard the sheep from predators and, and amazing, they, they will not... You know, they'll not back down from a mountain lion. They won't back down, and they protect the sheep. And what has happened is a lot of people see them out there, and they think they're abandoned dogs, and they try to rescue them. Look it up on the Internet. There's a disclaimer. You know, it's a federal offense if you steal the guard dog. They're out there for a reason. But those sheep dogs, it's amazing. I was going to put a video up today, and, but I couldn't find one that just was really what I wanted. Why don't you have a picture in your mind? Two sheepdogs going after the sheep way out into uh, the terrain. And they, they'll work this way and then they'll work the other way. And they'll gather the sheep all together. And they will actually corral the sheep. And they'll move them in the direction of the shepherd. The shepherd walks in front and the sheep come behind. Uh, and when they get into that place, the sheep will actually corral them and move them right into the corral. And so this Scottish pastor, he just named the one sheep dog goodness and the other one mercy. You think about that for a moment. I don't know that angels want to be called and, and, and put together as like a sheep dog. And, and so I know that we simply think that goodness and mercy are angels. And, and I think that's better than sheep dogs. But it gives you the idea, it gives you the picture that what these sheep dogs do is they will keep us going in the right direction, moving towards the shepherd. I don't think I can come up with a better illustration. Because sometimes we go astray. Maybe you're astray today. We go astray. And God says, I'm going to send goodness and mercy after you. I'm going to bring you back into the fold. Back into the fold. Let's pray. Brother Chris and Sister Delaney, would you come please? First of all, Lord, thank you for the presence of the Lord that I feel, feel in this place. Thank you for the privilege of being the pastor of this great church. Thank you, Lord, for the good report at the annual meeting. Thank you, Lord, for the excitement that is undergirding in this church of inviting uh, new folks to come into the house of God, to be here to minister. Lord, to reach out to the community. I appreciate Brother Sean's vision and Brother Nathan's vision to reach out and do community service and help those in the church, amen, that maybe could use a little bit of help. Maybe once a month. I don't know for sure what all they're thinking about, but they want to be a blessing. Now today, Lord, as we come to the conclusion of this message, a simple message, may we recognize first and foremost 
that we're not walking on this universe alone, that you're right there with us. You're guiding us, you're protecting us, and you're going to bring us through. If there be one today, Lord, that is away from you or running from you, that the good shepherd would reach out with his staff as if it were and bring us into the fold. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.